morning, Eastside Church family and friends. Uh, we're, we're glad you're here today. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to uh, say that uh, I'm glad to see this thing looks like it's finally coming to uh, some semblance of a head. We look like uh, we're getting instructions from the governor to, to be able to begin a process of, of meeting again, and so in some capacity corporately. Uh, but I don't want to take away from what God has been doing inside the family unit. And I, I think we, we can't lose sight of that, of how important it is that we lead our families well. And so I'm just going to start. We're going to continue in our journey in John today. This is our last week of that. We're kind of moving into, with this, uh, into the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. But So I'm going to just to declare this morning that we've been given a promise by God, and that promise brings certain elements we're going to talk about today, but it reminds us that the devil is not in charge right now. I mean, I see stuff all over the internet of, of, of people acting as if the devil's in charge. He's not in charge. He's defeated. He was defeated. He is defeated, and he's going to be judged and condemned. And so I just want to, uh, I just want to take that uh, power that some seem to be giving him and, and saying, hey, it's not, it's not the devil that's in charge. God's up to something. And he's up to something in the church. And we need to be responding to that. And so in this time, in this time between Easter and the resurrection and the time of Pentecost, I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence that we were facing this on Passover. I don't think it's a coincidence at all. And and God is trying to raise up the church. He's trying, to, he's trying to reform the church. He's trying to help the church do what it was called to do. I'm reminded in Scripture so often uh, in Judges and in Ezra, Nehemiah and Haggai and Zechariah, all of those times were times of struggle where the Lord called on the church to respond in a different way where he brought freedom, reconciliation, restoration, not only to, to the church, but to, to the land. How many of you would agree with me that our land needs to be healed? And, and it's not our government that's going to heal us. We can't look to the government. We can't look to uh, ourselves, our place of, uh, our, our, uh, our source is the Lord Jesus Christ and the power and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. And so I'm going to start with John chapter 3, verse 6. It says this. It says, humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. We're going to discover all the things that come with the work of the Holy Spirit in the church today. And so I want to start with this. Who is the promise for? Who is the promise of power that Jesus talked about that he he, he commanded the, the disciples to be quarantined in Jerusalem and wait for the power that comes on high. And what do we see once that power has and who is it for? So we have to know that, that the, the promise is for all who believe, for all who love Christ. And we know that that love for Christ, as we discovered in weeks past, comes with the manifestation of obedience to Christ, obedience to the word, obedience to his way. So, so we are, we are, uh, we are, the Holy Spirit is made available to all who are spiritually alive to Christ. 
those who we say are born again, born of the Spirit. We need to know that it's impossible to be alive with God without being born of the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that makes us alive to God. And so in this time, it's so important for the church to be alive to what God's doing, to, to respond to what God is doing. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That word blessed means supremely happy. Supremely happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They should be filled with the Holy Spirit. They shall be filled with the righteousness of God. In Acts chapter 5, verse 32, it says, We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. Who gets the Holy Spirit? Who gets empowered to, 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 to partner with God to bring about revival, to bring about salvation, to bring about restoration, to bring about righteousness to a culture, to a nation, to the nation, and to people. It is those who obey God. In Romans 8, 14, says, This promise is for as many that are led by the Spirit of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. In Luke eleven thirteen, Jesus says this, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so in this time of quarantine, in this time between between the resurrection and Pentecost, in this time where we're, we're, we have the opportunity to pursue what God is doing in the church because we know that restoration and healing of this nation and this culture is only hope is the church of Jesus Christ. And the church of Jesus Christ's only hope is the power and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And so as believers... We now know that we have opportunity to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He wants to renew us. He wants to regenerate us. He wants to reset our way of life. And as he does that in the church, he resets the culture of the society of the church. You know, I was reminded this week of how Jesus never was concerned about Rome. He was always concerned about the church. And the position of the church was so key to bringing help to the culture. So what we need to know is that that's God's plan. So how much of this that happens is so dependent on our response to the Lord? How much this happens is up to you and me. It's up to how much we're willing to look and ask ourselves the hard questions. You know, what's God doing in the church? See, this is not about the government. This is about the culture of the church and what, and what Jesus is doing in the church. What are we doing well? What makes the Lord proud and what needs to be adjusted? We, the church, influence, overtake, all the deceit, all the confusion, and all the corruption in the culture. 
Our job is to expose that how? Through prayer and righteousness. Through and, and then we get to vote. It happened in Judges, Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, Zechariah. It's everywhere. So let's look at some scriptures. What it talks about is as the Holy Spirit is the one who does this regeneration. Titus 3.5 says this. This is from the English Standard Version. It says, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of the regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's that renewal and that regeneration that the Holy Spirit does in the life of the believer that actually brings the change. It actually brings the ability to do righteousness that changes the culture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, it says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We've got to understand that, that we, have the, we have the privilege of being in fellowship with the Godhead. Last week we discussed that he, they make our home, their home with us, that, that we can be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and, and the power of God through the Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of God that is exposed by the Holy Spirit be with us all. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says it this way, so I say, Paul says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing your sinful nature, what your sinful nature craves. There's this ability to allow the Holy Spirit and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit to guide us as believers. Ephesians gives us this warning. Uh, Ephesians 5.18 says this, Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's this competition that goes on with what is filling your life, what you're, what you're leaning on, what your tendency is. And we, we hear all over the place, and, and there are jokes and comedians and all that are talking about the increase of alcohol consumption in this time of quarantine. So I just want to tell you, don't, don't lean on those things. Don't lean on things of the world, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Thessalonians, Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica, he says, don't stifle the Holy Spirit. And so at the same moment that we understand that we have the ability and the blessing and the opportunity and the privilege to be in fellowship with the Godhead through the Holy Spirit, in the life of the believer, we also have the power and the opportunity to stifle the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. I'm telling you right now, whether this economic collapse and, and whether the situations that we face today are long or short, I think it's dependent on the church's response to the work of the Holy Spirit in its life, in the body life of the church, in the life of the individual. Are we going to take our place in Nehemiah, each family took their place at the wall and they rebuilt what the enemy had destroyed, the enemy of God had destroyed, and God used the church, he used the people, he used families that were rightly motivated, that were rightly responding to God individually to rebuild the church. And God wants to do that today. That's what he's doing. He's repositioning the church to accomplish what he wants to accomplish 
to bring the culture back to a place where their eyes are focused on God. You and I have that responsibility. So, so there's a, a great big question that I want to ask today, and I've got about 17 minutes to answer this difficult question, and I don't know if I can cover it. I think we're going to make our notes, these notes available online, so you can you know, watch over again and, or, or take the scriptures and just revisit these things. So here's the question. How do, you, how do I know I'm in fellowship with the Holy Spirit? How do I know that he's leading me? And there are so many different ways in, in the Gospels, in, in the book of Acts, in, in, and in the uh, epistles that Paul writes about, about the work of the Holy Spirit as we see it, as we see it uh, imparted on the church in the scriptures. So the first way that we know is, is we know that he's leading us because we let him lead. We're not quenching the Holy Spirit. In other words, we have this predetermined bent towards submission to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We, we, we seek with all of our heart righteousness, and we're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at what Luke 4, 1 says. It says this about Jesus. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River he was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. You know, it's an interesting thing that we see uh, in, that, in that story is that Jesus was led to the wilderness where he fasted and didn't have water uh, for, for many days. Uh, we don't know exactly how long he didn't have water, but we know that he didn't have food, and we know that he was tempted by the enemy, by Satan in the wilderness. And uh, he was led to that temptation by the Holy Spirit. And then he overcame. And then he made decisions to, to begin his ministry the way God had intended, even though he was tempted. You know, I'm reminded that in our temptation, God always provides a way out. But he doesn't provide a way out that isn't led by the Holy Spirit. And so it's important that we understand that we have to submit and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. In John chapter 14, verse 17, we've talked about this in the last few weeks, but let me read it again. It's worth reading. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. He, the person of the Holy Spirit, is the one who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him or doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later, he'll be in you. He'll be in you. And that we're in the later. The Holy Spirit is in each believer. There's no way that you're a believer without the work of the Holy Spirit. And our job is to submit to that work. So we let him. Number two, we understand that the Holy Spirit, if we're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we know that he's teaching us, that we're, we're, we're learning from him. We we have a teachable position with the work of the Holy Spirit. He wants to teach us a new way. He wants us to, to put down our way to put off the old man and put on the new man. In John chapter 14, 26, he said, But the Helper, Jesus says, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, all things, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And so our Holy Spirit 
is our teacher. So if you're if you're being taught, if you're learning, if you've got a posture and a position of teachability, then you know that you're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians, Paul writes to the church at Corinth. He says this, and we impart these words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. To understand what's going on, to be to be in uh, in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we're 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 children of God. We're we're people of God, and it's a a spiritual revelation that we're going to come to. It's aligning with heaven. He's teaching us the ways of the kingdom. So the first way is that, that we let him. The second way is we submit to his teaching. We're teachable. Number three is he gives us supernatural special ability. Now, I don't have much time to talk about this. Maybe in weeks to come, we'll talk about this. But he gives us supernatural special ability. Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says after after this prayer the meeting place where they were they were filled with the holy spirit they preached the word of god with boldness now this just didn't good preachers this is peter preaching something that he didn't have the ability to understand beforehand and then not only does he understand it he can connect the dots in scripture and then he boldly says this jesus who you kill he 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 points out that the flaw of and and the and the real situation of the culture that was that he was faced with, he was bold in confronting the truth, and so and so we know that that special ability to be able to do that will will come about. It happens in all kinds of ways, you know. It happens with musicians, it happens with carpenters, it happens with those who are gifted with their hands in every way, in every demographic in every culture uh, in every workplace there's an anointing that god wants to put on your life that is going to bring kingdom culture to that place and we need to know that there's going to be supernatural special abilities placed on us in those environments and i've got to hurry number four we will increase our boldness just like we just talked about in acts 2 4 but it says this in acts 4 31 after this prayer after they prayed again the meeting place again was shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with boldness. That, that increased boldness will come. Did I just read that one? I just read that one. Did I read Acts chapter 2 verse 4? It's a great question. I did. Okay, good. All right. I'm, I'm right on time, by the way, he said. Everybody, <laughs> you guys are used to this. All right, here we go. Number five, we'll be motivated by the things that please the Spirit. How do we know we're in fellowship with the Spirit? How do we know that, 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 that He's leading me? Well, we'll be motivated by things that please the Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says this, Those who are dominated by the simple nature, they think about simple things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. And so if you, if you wonder whether I'm in fellowship with the Spirit and, and if you wonder if, if I'm being led by the Holy Spirit, then one of the things that you need to, to be able to check off is that you know that you're motivated by the things that please the Spirit. If that's the case, you're most likely being led by the Spirit. Number six, in our weakness, in our times of vulnerability, in our anxiousness, maybe in our stress, maybe in our concern about our finance or whatever it might be, in our 
in our, our personality flaws, in our weaknesses, he helps us. And, and we understand that, that in our weaknesses, we understand that God just came alongside me. His, his grace just came alongside me and empowered me to do something I can't do on my own. Maybe you have hope when, when it looks hopeless. Maybe, maybe you're encouraged and you have joy and you say, why in the world am I have joy? Maybe you have peace that doesn't make any sense in your circumstances. If those things are the case, you can understand that in those weak moments, you're being empowered by the Holy Spirit because you're in fellowship with him. It says this in Romans 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness for every example. For, and let me say that again. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Now, this, this is talking about spiritual gifts, and it's talking about, you know, uh, a different aspect of things that, we, that we're going to be talking about today. But even when we don't understand, even when we don't exactly have clarity, God will give us the things to pray. He'll help us pray the right things. In our weaknesses, he helps us. Number seven, when we are in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and when the Holy Spirit is leading us, we have peace and joy. And peace and joy will be your disposition. It'll be our disposition. When the Holy Spirit is leading us and we're submitted to the Holy Spirit, we're going to be filled with peace and joy, even when it doesn't make any sense. Romans 14 and 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy Joy how? Joy in the Holy Spirit. When we're in relationship with the Holy Spirit, there's this peace and joy that comes no matter what we're going through. In Romans 15, 13, it says it this way. Paul's writing to the church of Rome. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You may abound in hope. So how do you know that you're walking with the Holy Spirit, that you're yielded to the Holy Spirit, where you have hope when there doesn't look like there ought to be any hope? Because your hope is in Christ. Your hope is in Him. Your hope is not in the government. Your hope is not in yourself. Your hope is not in your money. Your hope is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Number eight, how do you know whether you're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit? will be filled with hope no matter what the circumstances are. Our disposition will be joy and peace, and we'll be filled with hope. Number nine, we'll perform signs and wonders. You know, there's so much emphasis on this sign and wonders thing, but I just want to point out that if you have boldness where you didn't have boldness, that's a sign and a wonder. When you have knowledge when you shouldn't have knowledge, that's a sign and a wonder. When you have peace, when there's no reason to have peace, that's a sign and a wonder as well. I mean, there's, you, you can't underestimate all the things that the Holy Spirit does as we are in fellowship with him. But we know that in, in, in so many different places, in, in, in the Acts and in Romans, uh, we, we hear Paul writing to the church in Rome that we can expect to perform signs and wonders. Romans 15, 17 through 19 says, In Jesus Christ, then I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience. What did Christ accomplish through Paul? 
He, he wants to bring the Gentiles to obedience. Those, those unbelievers by word and deed. He's not taking credit for that. How did it happen? By the power of signs and wonders. By the power of the Spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem and all the way around the world, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. You know, it's this, it's this supernatural anointing of God on our lives that can actually change the culture around us to perform signs and wonders. Number 10, we'll bear fruit of the Spirit. We'll have the characteristics that we don't normally possess. How do you know that the Spirit of God is influencing you? How do you know that you're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit? How do you know that you're submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life? You'll bear the fruit of characteristics of God that you don't normally possess. In, in Galatians 5.22, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. All those things are supernatural events that occur because we are hanging out with the Holy Spirit. Number 11, we'll have godly supernatural love for others. You know, there's no way to love like God loves except through the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's all kinds of people with, in all kinds of backgrounds from all kinds of religions that talk about love. But it's impossible to love without God because it says in Scripture that God is love. He is love. And from Him, we learn to love. Colossians 1.8 says... He has told us about the love for others, excuse me, he has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. We understand that we're in fellowship with God when we love the unlovable. When, when those that, that are against us, when our enemies are against us and our enemies are, are perverting things and, 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 and trying to control things, that we can still operate in love, that we can still move forward in love because we have no idea who's going to turn to God. Let me just tell you this. Oh, I can't. You can have time. Fine. I got time? Yeah. Praise the Lord. He says I've got time. So here we go. This is what I really believe. I, I really believe that, that, that you know God is raising up people in all different kinds of of, of venues. I think in the entertainment in, industry, in the political industry, in all kinds of industries, uh, God is going to raise up people who, who love well and represent him well. And uh, there are going to be all kinds of folks that God calls on in the future through the power of the Holy Spirit that are going to walk in supernatural love for others and be able to express that in a way that people are going to receive it like never before. So we don't know who God is going to call. We have no idea who that next person is that God's going to reveal himself to. So we need to make sure that with godly love, that supernatural love, we love others. Number 12, we will walk in a supernatural wisdom. That if we're walking in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, there's a supernatural wisdom. It's not just book sense. It's not just education. That has this, we have this ability to see things that we shouldn't be able to see. That God will give us information that we shouldn't have. It gives us word of knowledge, but it's also going to show us how to deal with the future and future problems. In Isaiah, when, he's, when Isaiah is prophesying about what the Spirit's work in the life of Jesus would look like, he says it this way. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. 
and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding and the spirit of counsel and might and the spirit of the knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit in the River Jordan, and that's where he began his ministry. That's where he began to operate in supernatural wisdom. That spirit came upon him, and it's available to you and me. So how do you know that you're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit? You've got wisdom beyond your education. You've got wisdom beyond your uh, maturity. Number 13, no matter our circumstances, we'll also walk in freedom. There's a passage of scripture that I think sometimes get, we use it a lot, but I think it is a description more of fruit than it is of declaration. Oftentimes we declare the scripture. There are no circumstances that you and I face. There's no quarantine. There's no uh, sickness that can keep us from being free. No matter what our condition is, we are not captive. We have been set free. So if you're walking with the Holy Spirit, you understand that you're free. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, it says it this way. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom. And so you're going to walk in freedom no matter what you're doing. You're not going to let this oppression dictate you feeling captive. You're going to be free no matter what's going on in the world. Number 14, we'll walk in supernatural power, love, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And lastly, what comes out of our mouths will impart grace to the hearers. How do you know you're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit? How do you know that you're submitted to the Holy Spirit? Well, what comes out of your mouth will impart grace to the hearers. That's a challenge. It's a challenge in these, in these confrontational, uh, confrontational, argumentative times. Ephesians 4, 29, 30 says this, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. God doesn't want us to grieve the Holy Spirit. And one way that we can grieve the Holy Spirit is that what comes out of our mouths doesn't bring grace. God's power working in the circumstance to bring about something that he's trying to do, uh, if it doesn't bring grace to the hearer, we should keep our mouths shut. That includes Facebook. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Let me give you a couple more scriptures that I think, think just they're not, they're not evidence of, of that relationship and that submission to the Holy Spirit, but they're, they're important because it tells us how important it is to walk in that relationship and that fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 12, 31 says, So I tell you, every sin and every blasphemy can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit which will never be forgiven. God, there's a special place uh, that the Holy Spirit has that we've got to be careful that we don't quench the Holy Spirit, that we don't push him away, that we don't reject the Holy Spirit. Romans 1, 4 says this, And he who has shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead, how was Jesus raised from the dead? 
the same way you're going to be raised from the dead, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And he's in control. The devil is not in control. The Holy Spirit, the work of God, the, 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 the plan of Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world is being carried out right now. And like no other time, like, like no other time in history, the church has an opportunity to respond. We can respond like they did in biblical days. We've been given examples. This is, this is an example to us. But we've got to take the history of the church and we've got to learn from it. And we've got to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got to let the Holy Spirit teach us and lead us in all truth. We, let him, we, we have to let him give us wisdom so we know how to respond. We've got to let him empower us to make us bold in our cultural environments. And we need to bring righteousness, not by judgment, through love, encouragement, and righteousness. In the political realm, in the media, in the arts, in every culture that we bring kingdom. You are here again for such a time as this. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, submitting to the fellowship of the Holy Spirit as he teaches you, as he leads you, as he gives you boldness, as he gives you the ability to operate in the supernatural. You are to affect your families. You are to affect your culture. I pray right now that you would do that with all boldness and with all power. Let me pray. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that we recognize, God, that we can do nothing without you. I also want to just say, God, we know that the devil's not in charge. He's defeated. You stomped on his head. It's over. There's nothing being done right now, God, that you're not using to sift out the things that you won't sift it out and put into place the things you won't put into place so that your redemptive plan can come to fruition. And you're counting on the church to respond to you. So, Father, we ask for boldness. We ask for wisdom. We ask for supernatural power. We ask for great grace. We ask that we love well. We ask for all these aspects of, of, of what a believer can experience in fellowship with the Holy Spirit would begin to manifest in our lives like never before. May we as families respond individually to rebuild our culture. Help us do that, God, as we love you well. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We would love to be praying for you guys. If you have needs in your life or needs of family or friends, please let us know so we can be joining with you in prayer. You can simply Hi. shoot us an email at info at eastsidechurch.tv. And we as a staff would love to pray over those. We'll also get them to our prayer team so they can be a part of believing and standing with you as well. If you'd like to give this morning, we have three ways for you to do that. It's pretty simple. You can do it through our website. You can do it through good old snail mail or you can do it by texting to give those should be on the screen in front of you and again thank you so much for joining us today we love you guys we're praying for you and we hope you have a great week